when you talked about Hebrew class that I was in Greek. And I guess Greek is better for you because all I remember is she sat at the back and was reading fluently the Lord's Prayer that was up in Greek. Well, I couldn't even remember what sound each of the letters was supposed to be <laughs> sitting in the front. And so I was like always amazed at how, how well she was doing in Greek compared to the rest of us suffering in the front. Right, Dustin? <laughs> and then I remember first, um, first year here, and one day in chapel, um, you just prayed mm-hmm. one day. And I remember thinking, I have never heard such passion in prayer before, and I swear I could listen to her pray all day. So I couldn't wait for you to come today. So Sheila is now serving as assistant pastor of New Life and Discipleship at Emmanuel Baptist Church, The Meeting Place. She oversees the process of taking new believers from a confession of faith or rededication to establishing strong foundations of an intimate relationship with Christ. Sheila is a graduate, graduate of Emmanuel's Minister's Mentorship Program. She holds a Master of Divinity degree from Acadia Divinity College and is currently enrolled in the Master of Education in Counseling Program here in Acadia. She was born in Ghana and is married to Dr. Casely Ago, who serves on the board for Emmanuel's Health Initiatives Ministry, and she's a mom to a daughter, Jasmine. So I'm going to invite you up now, Sheila, and we look forward to hearing God's word. This is a very touching moment for me. Um, I want to thank everyone who is seated here today. I didn't even think anyone would be here. (laughs) 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 So thank you very much for coming. And um, I I also want to thank especially... um, my professors, who nurtured me for the three years that I was here, um, for them pouring out their lives into me. Because you know what? It's not simply um, what is taught, but how a person leads their life. And students, as much as we um, are around to um, take hold of what is taught, are hugely influenced by the lives of those who teach us because they mean everything to us. So thank you very much for the three years that I was here. Um, I'd say you've done very well, and may the Lord bless you all. Um, (laughs) I was one of those catty students. So somebody like um, Sheila, Sheila who who used to um, be at the front, was very helpful to me indeed. I'd come sometimes without a notebook or something and Sheila would give me a notebook. (laughs) I mean, I I really, truly appreciate everything that was done for me. And if I stand here today, I stand here because of the corporate effort of all the people, you know, the president, the professors, the staff, the, the students, you know, you've, you've, you've all poured into my life. So I stand here today knowing perfectly well that I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for the three years that I stayed here. So I want to thank you all very much. <laughs> I chose this passage because it's a passage that speaks a lot to me. Um, 
I like the theme of the earthen vessels, treasures in the earthen vessels. I did a bit of research and discovered that the earthen vessels being referred to were mostly vessels that could easily be cracked and, and um, vessels that could easily be replaced. I think that it's, um, it's a very good um, attitude, a very healthy attitude as Christians to understand how fragile we are and to understand that there's nothing special about us. It's, it is who is in us who makes us special. And, and that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. If, if we don't grasp that, we, 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 we've missed it. We've missed it, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm perfectly sure that we'll stand in heaven and we'll be so sad that we never grasp just how fragile we are and how awesome our God is. And the fact that serving God is not about doing things and trying things and going out and, and um, you know, as it were, contriving things. That's not what serving God is about. Christ in us. So Christ speaks through us. As I stand here this afternoon, I'd like to believe that it's not me speaking. I'd like to believe that it's Christ in me speaking. So it's not about how, how hard I try. No, it's about Christ in me and, and what he's poured into me all these years and it coming out for his own glory. Because he's called us all for such a time as this. We are called to serve our generation. We are called to serve the people uh, in our communities. We are called to serve the people in our church. We, it, it's all about service. And I think that the highest calling of all is to be a servant. In 1961, John F. Kennedy made his inaugural um, speech January 20th, 1961. And he said something which was utterly riveting. He said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So I'm bringing it home to us as Christians gathered here, as earthen vessels in whom this excellent power, this all-surpassing power dwells in. Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. And it's not about you trying. It's about allowing Christ within you to flow through you and to touch others around you. The church has been persecuted since the first century. It's no different. Actually, as I, as I was reading John F. Kennedy's speech, it struck me that he had at least three biblical um, references. He referred to Isaiah 58 verse 6, removing the bonds of oppression <laughs> and letting the oppressed go free. He also referred to Romans 12.12, 12, having joy in the midst of persecution. Today, I'm not so sure 
that if, if we were to listen to the speeches of um, heads of states in influential countries, that there might be any reference to scripture at all. Gradually, the church has been effaced. The church is, 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 is just, I mean, society is, is not willing to accept the church or what the church stands for or who we are at all. Everything is changing. I didn't really realize it because for three years when I was in here, I was protected. I mean, we come here, it's all about Christ. But when I stepped out, then I discovered that gradually Christianity is, is being phased out and other religions are coming into, in, 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 into um, Canada and into the West and all over the world. And these religions seem very attractive simply because they do not, as a matter of fact, they, they do not recognize God as the only source of power. They recognize other things. They would say things like the universe. What is the universe saying to you? <laughs> and stuff like that. I think to myself, the universe, the universe is created. We're talking about the creator of the universe. I don't want to know about what the universe is saying. Does the universe even have a voice? No, it is God who speaks through us. We are going to be persecuted, whether we like it or not. Paul, who wrote Second Corinthians, was a man who was conversant with persecution. He says of himself that... He, he was mostly in hard labor. He was imprisoned. He was flogged. Five times he was shipwrecked. Three times he was beaten. Three times he, he was um, beaten with rods. He talks about falling into the hands of false brethren. And when, when you read Second Corinthians, you see that Paul was a man who was, who was under a lot of pressure. And that's why he says, we are pressed, we are perplexed, we are crushed. Life was not easy for Paul in any um, sense or in any form. Life isn't going to be easy for a any Christian or anybody who professes Jesus Christ. Actually, when Jesus appeared to Paul on the way to Damascus, and he later asked Ananias to baptize him, there's one thing that he said. He said that this guy must suffer a lot for the sake of the gospel. But he's the guy who will take the gospel message to the Gentiles and even to the Jews so Paul's life was one of constant pressure, of, uh, of constant persecution, and of constant hardship. One wonders why. I mean, where, where, where was the hardship coming from for Paul? People refuted the fact that Paul was an apostle of, of Jesus Christ. For some of them, the mere fact that Paul wasn't around when Jesus was around precluded him 
from being given the label of an apostle. Secondly, it was a time and an era where people went around with letters of recommendation before they preached. Paul would enter a town or a village and he wouldn't have a letter of recommendation. Another reason was that Paul was not impressive. He wasn't uh, rhetorical in, in his speech. And so he, for that reason, they did not find him exciting. He wasn't an exciting speaker. And then they also said of Paul that Paul was the kind of man who kept on changing his mind. And they, they did not appreciate that about Paul whatsoever. And then there were the Jews, the Judaizers, the Jews who had come from Jerusalem, who for their own reason, because Paul was preaching that there was no reason to be circumcised, if, if, if you had um, come to know Christ, there was no reason for you to go through circumcision. The only thing was that you should avoid food offered to idols, avoid strangled meat, and basically, just live, live your lives in, as, as a daily sacrifice and as, as a, a daily offering to God. But do not, do not put upon yourself those Jewish laws and rules. Of course, because Paul was, um, Paul was advocating for that, he was not a friend of the Judaizers. So, wherever Paul went, Paul was persecuted. But sometimes it was not, it, it, it wasn't people who were far away from him who persecuted him. Sometimes the persecution came from within. So sometimes as Christians, we are going to be persecuted by those whom we had hoped would stand with us in time of trial. So what do we do? What does a person do in the midst of persecution? Because if you haven't been persecuted yet, I can assure you that you will be persecuted. It's going to happen at some time in your life. But when you are persecuted, how do you respond to it? Jesus tells us that when somebody slaps us on our cheek, we should turn the other cheek. It may not be a literal... Um, interpretation of it like somebody slapping you and you turning the other side but really what it means is be forbearing endure, endure pain endure suffering for the sake of the kingdom of God things are going to happen there's going to be persecution that is a given no matter where we go no matter what we do especially those of us who are in ministry, will be persecuted because people will not always understand the message that we have or how we present the message. There are often misunderstandings. And when persecution comes, count it all joy. Understand that persecution, as painful as it is, is not sent to break you. As a matter of fact, it is sent to strengthen your hope, strengthen your trust and your belief in God. It is about God doing a work within us. 
It is about God transforming us and conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So do not be afraid of persecution. Embrace it. If you can, love it. It will only make you better. That is my message for us to think about today. Not to run away from persecution. And also to be empathetic towards the persecuted church all over the world. Understanding our own persecution in whatever way should give us a heart for those who live at the risk of their lives. For those who because of their love for Christ and who because of their conscience must still stand up and testify about what Christ has done for them in their lives. Those who are daily being carted off and killed. We must stand with them. And standing with men and women who are persecuted has got to be an active thing. We've got to support them in whatever way we can. And if we turn around in our backyard and we see a Christian who is being persecuted, if we know that someone is being persecuted, that is the time to draw close to that person and love on that person. Knowing that, as Paul right, rightly put it, we are all members of one another. And the eye cannot say to the ear, you are not an eye, so I don't care about you. Everything that happens to all of us must concern us. May the Lord add his blessings to his word.